In any case, you're listening to the Kennedy Profession on the Crusade Channel, always on air and always online at crusadechannel.com. So what is it about liberalism? Well, basically, we talked yesterday that liberalism, philosophically understood, is essentially, well, it was defined before Pope St. Pius X defined modernism. But philosophically speaking, it's the greatest of philosophical heresies. It's the same sort of idea that we see with non serviam. The devil says, when Lucifer says, and by the way, the word Lucifer means light bearer or light bringer or bringer of light. You always find this in ancient heresies and modern ones. Like the Illuminati, which is real. Get your tin hat on. It's real. It means enlightened one. Bringer of light. The enlightenment, the time when they basically rejected the kingship of Christ and the truths of the Catholic Church. Well, from whence comes this source of light? Perhaps the angel that the angel of darkness who dis- disguises himself as an angel of light. You want to know how you can tell if a Marian apparition is true? See if you can see her feet. That's one of the ways you can tell. Because the devil has a hard time hiding his cloven hoof. Gives you shivers just thinking about it. Page 27 of Liberalism is a Sin if you're following along with your Bibles at home. The money quote here, he says, liberalism is one, whereas liberals, like bad wine, differ in color and taste. I'll say that again. Liberalism is one, whereas liberals, like bad wine, differ in color and taste. We talked yesterday how there is no real unity amongst liberals. And I say this all the time about the left, because leftism is the logical conclusion of liberalism. And I'm more sympathetic to the liberal, even though, listen, I'm traditional Catholic. I'm reading you from this book, Calling Liberalism as a Sin. But from a perspective of trying to understand where people's headspace is at, I'll give you a little, a little background of myself. I was, you know, a, a lapsed, nominal, never really had, I kind of had some faith, whatever. You can read about it in um, my books and writings. I talk more about my conversion. But I was a little bit Christian, a little bit Catholic growing up, had some sentimental. By the time I was uh, through high school, I held on to a bit. Then I sort of was, uh, I was sort of like radicalized in the Marxist sense, not in the, the social justice warrior sense. I still always, I still always held on to this sort of, uh, flawed yet. I want, you know, it's, I wanted to have this masculine thing going on. That's something I've thought about since I was a kid. People say, Oh, you're LARPing with this whole Catholic masculinity. No, you can ask my mom, poor woman. Me asking her about how to be a man, you know, as the age of 11 years old. It was something I was always into. It's natural. And I actually just enjoy having a big mustache and a pipe. It's just something I think is kind of cool for me. And I was into that before I started writing the books on it. So there you go. But I was sort of, I actually, you know, I, I, to my eternal shame, I was a big fan of, of men like Che Guevara. I was an actual, like I was enamored by the actual old school revolutionaries. That's kind of where, because, you know, in fairness, you look at those people and you see they were rugged. They would risk their lives. They had pr- There's a lot there from a perspective of a young man who's trying to navigate through the culture. And this is who they prey on. They go for people that are from lapsed Catholic or, or non, non-Christian homes. And they kind of give them some sort of ideology that makes them feel 
like they're part of something that's for the greater good and it's consequentialist. So it's like, yeah, you can do the right thing for society, but you can have a libertine lifestyle. That's very attractive to uncatechized, unformed young men and women. Let's be honest. I got caught up in that a little bit. I never joined any sort of communist society or anything, but it was something I was into. It was from a philosophical perspective. But I look at liberalism in my life, ironically, you know, let's say I started at the uh, bottom. Let's say, you know, the mountaintop at the top is, is, is the faith. And then on the way down, if you're leaving from the top, going the way down, it's a problem. If you go up the, up the mountain, it's a good thing. Well, for me, I was kind of from the pit of actual philosophical communism. And then I sort of started looking into things like classic liberal thinkers who compared to the Marxists were sane. And then from there, it was a continual trajectory. So I, I, I sympathize with people that fall for the um, sane versions of principled thinking that you find in, in men like the founders of the United States. It makes sense that that would be attractive. But liberalism is one, whereas liberals like bad wine differ in color and taste. They don't have any unity. You see this as early as the French Revolution. You see this as early as the splits within the Masonic lodges in, your, in Germany and, and France, especially. You see this in parliamentary democracies. Parliamentary democracies are liberal enterprises par excellence. That's what they are. And you have never ending splits of parties. America is a very um, strange phenomenon with two parties. But even there within the two parties, it's a constant war between different factions who they compete to have the national brand. And it changes every five to six years or whatever. Liberalism is one, whereas liberals like bad wine differ in color and taste. And they do. And some of them are sour. Some of them are very sour. Some of them are intoxicating, but they give you a headache. Let's put it that way. Page 28. This is a great definition of a liberal Catholic. I'm sure the Protestants listening can hear this as well about, uh, you know, I think the Methodist church just accepted gay marriage or something. But it says liberalism is the dogmatic affirmation of the absolute independence of the individual and the social and of the social reason. Whereas Catholicity is the dogma of the absolute subjection of the individual and of the social order to the revealed law of God. I'll, put it, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that. Liberalism is the dogmatic affirmation of the absolute independence of the individual and of the social reason. Catholicity, on the other hand, is the dogma of the absolute subjection of the individual and of the social order to the revealed law of God. One doctrine is the exact antithesis of the other. They are opposites in direct conflict. How is it possible to reconcile them? Opposition here necessarily means conflict, and the two can no more harmonize than the square can be made one with the circle. The one is top down, the other is bottom up. The one is God said it, I believe it. God said it, I believe it. And by the way, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Kennedy Professional on the Crusade Channel, last live radio station standing. Our call and telephone number is one 844 The Crusade Channel, the Crusader Stadium chat room at crusadechannel.com is uh, forward slash chat. is open for your commentary, but you got to sign up if you're listening on the free preview in order to in order to talk in the best chat room. I can tell you it's the best chat room on the internet. We're giving away a copy of Liberalism is a Sin, but you have to be a member to be a part of that. 
It's a wonderful book. It's heavily cited. It really is uh, almost like an anti-liberal manifesto. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. I'm just going through a few quotes here, and there's more wisdom in here than you found in 99% of the sermons you've ever heard. If you've ever even heard a priest from the pulpit say liberalism is bad. Now, in fairness, saying liberalism is bad does not mean that Catholicism is necessarily anti-so-called freedom. There's a true freedom in the freedom to do what you must, the freedom to do what you ought to do. That's the true freedom found in a Catholic society. So, for example, freedom of religion. Okay, freedom of religion is not a Catholic concept because you don't have you don't give error rights. You don't promote a false religion. But there's a freedom of agency within a Catholic society, even if it's Catholic officially. There's always been a tolerance, let's say, because you don't force people to be baptized because it's not valid. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't do the whole, you're not Catholic thing, therefore dunk your head under the water and then go to church. You don't do that because it's against their free will. So there's always been a tolerance in that sense. There's a liberty of religion in a sense, there's a tolerance or a freedom through tolerance to be able to practice a faith in a pluralist society that happens to be, or than a Catholic society that happens to have a, a little bit of pluralism in it. In today's world, we obviously live in pluralist societies. We'll talk about uh, liberty of religion a little bit more later in the study, but liberalism is the philosophy that puts liberty of your own self as the arbiter of reality at the top. That's the key. So you can be a faithful Catholic. You can be a faithful Catholic, a faithful, traditionally minded Catholic. You can be a faithful and traditionally minded Catholic and still adhere to some of the things that are attractive about liberalism. For example, what do we find attractive in liberal thinkers, like the founders, the fathers of the Confederation here in Canada? In fact, my wife is, is uh, uh, related. There were 36 signatories of the uh, Dominion, the Dominion Act. In 1867, my wife is the, you know, great 1860, so great, 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 or something like that of one of the signatories. He was a a, a logging business, a logging businessman. He had uh, logging industry holdings out in Eastern Canada. So she's Canadian from way back. On her mother's father's side, the Steves family. Anyway, see, when you listen to someone from up north, not only do I know Justin Bieber, not only do I know Jim Carrey's sister, not only do I know so and so. Uh, but yeah, yes, we are related to the founders because again, there's only about uh, there's only about 250 Canadians, so we're all we all know each other. But we can recognize in these so-called liberal thinkers things that are admirable. They have a conviction of purpose, and the thing is, we talked about this yesterday. Very few liberals follow their their idea through the logical conclusion if they have any sense, because they realize that it's an untenable place to be. So, for example, John Adams says this constitution, this country is made for a moral and religious people. He understands the limits. So really, you know, OK, freedom of religion, is that a thing in the American in the American dream? Well, not really in a de facto sense. Freedom of religion at that time meant something like be some sort of Christian or or not. 
That was pretty much it. Be some sort of Christian uh, and perhaps be some sort of agnostic. That's kind of as far as you go. Because even they recognized, men like Ben Franklin had sort of personalized, even they recognized that there was a necessity for that sort of morality. So we can recognize in these liberal thinkers the good things, but they don't follow liberalism all the way because they can't. Because ultimately, as this quote says, where the revealed truth of the faith and liberalism are the antithesis of each other, because one is a subjection of the individual and the social order to the revealed law of God, whereas the other is the reverse. So you yourself become your own little mini God when you follow liberalism all the way. This is why we know we live in a liberal society. And this, again, what do we find admirable in these liberal thinkers? Well, we find they have a strength of conviction. Well, the problem is so often you find these liberal thinkers become these bloody tin pot dictators because that's the logical conclusion. I am the Fauchetine. You know, I am Trudeau of the Liberal Party. And I'm an idiot, but I'm in charge. And reality is whatever I say on TV. By the way, don't speak moistly. I don't know if you knew that. But he was on TV back when the whole Corona hoax started. And he said one of the ways that you wouldn't spread the disease was try not to speak moistly. What the hell does that mean? Don't speak moistly. I swear, his entire prime ministership has been basically a, a, an exercise in saying anything he possibly could to see who at some point might slap him across the face. Page 32, this is the final little quotation we'll go over here. This is about the intrinsic causes of liberal Catholicism. You can apply this to, to, to Protestantism as well. The liberal Catholic assumes as the formal motive of the act of faith, not the infallible authority of God revealing supernatural truth, but his own reason deigning to accept as true what appears rational to him according to the appreciation and measure of his own individual judgment. He subjects God's authority to the scrutiny of his reason and not his reason to God's authority. Again, drop the mic. That is the perfect explanation of the inversion of order. I like the, inf the, the, the vocabulary here, his own reason deigning some sort of act of, um, you know, lowering himself out of out of um, humility, you know, or, or um, uh, act of charity. He deigns himself to accept as true whatever rational appears rational to him according to the appreciation, appreciation and measure of his own individual judgment. So that's like saying the Bible is true because I have realized that it's true. OK, again, there's a truth in there, which is why it's so attractive. OK, there's that movie Case for Christ. It's a fun movie, a little bit cringe. I mean, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, and it shows Catholicism in a nice light as well. And he was a classic liberal thinker. You can actually see the character, you know, basically alludes to that. And he searches in an investigative manner for the truth about Jesus Christ, the historical person who rose from the dead. He becomes convinced that's, that's a good thing. He did his research. He did his detective work. He became a Christian because he did the research. So there's an there's a self agency there, which is good. But he was smart enough to say it's not that it's true because I believe it's true. It's true because I've realized that it must be true. That's the difference. 
The liberal subjects God's authority to the scrutiny of his reason and not his reason to God's authority. This has infected the church, even in conservative circles today. And I see this especially with the idiotic pursuit of trying to reconcile the book, the historical books, the first 11 chapters of Genesis. With every stupid theory from every so-called expert that says they know the truth about evolution and history and whatever, uh, because they saw drawings in some sort of book that they recreated from finding a wrist bone. It's the reverse. There's nothing wrong. Okay, I'm going to, you know, we, we, we should do an episode on, maybe I'll have Hugh Owen on or something, if he's been on here before. There is, technically speaking, within the revealed day-fee-day day truths that we must ascend to, there is wiggle room for certain things. That's fine. I'm just, that's the objective reality. If you look up, you know, the dogmas of the faith, yes, there are certain, but there is no wiggle room for this stupid evolution story. That's not the same thing. And the mentality is a liberal mentality, even in most so-called conservative universities, probably Protestant ones as well, where they say, well, we'll see how the Bible fits into the material, natural truths that we believe have been revealed by the, the science gods. And we'll judge the Bible based on those. That's the opposite of what you're supposed to do. That's the disease. That's the sin of liberalism. We saw this infect biblical commentary and research in the late 1800s, and it's been a total disaster. That's liberalism applied. And this is why the author says in the beginning of the book, liberalism is essentially the king of philosophical heresies. Modernism is technically the synthesis of all heresies in, a, in an actual theological sense. But liberalism, you could say, is the philosophical equivalent of that. It's if philosophy is the handmaid of theology, you need to have a good outlook on the world to understand how to think about God. Then liberalism is like the demonic handmaid of liberal theology. It's the handmaid of heresy. 